welcome you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. Lindsay, I am so excited to have you on The Sweetest Little Life today, and I am going to go ahead and just throw this out to the universe that you guys, the audience, we have tried so hard to make this happen with several technical issues, so I know that this is going to be a juicy one until the end. So, Lindsay, I love kicking off the show and just hearing your story and really how you got doing the work that you're doing right now. Hi, Courtney. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, we sure have had a bit of technical stuff going on, haven't we? <laughs> but I find that the higher the, the spiritual content, the more the electronics tend to get a little bit fried, don't they? Yes. All right. So, yeah, so I do have um, several different backgrounds in a sense or, or several different ways I've gotten started in this. Um, let's try to sort of thread them all together. But when I was a little kid... And I'm actually an intuitive empath, and, and I've just had these abilities since I was little and just progressively getting stronger. But I always did have this concern that women who really wanted to have a baby might not be able to have one. And it, you know, it really just disturbed me right from being a little child. And um, so, like, looking back from now, I can kind of see how and why it started that way and how it's unfolded. But eventually I, you know, I've pursued various healing arts, Reiki and energy work and eventually hypnotherapy. And about 20, 25 years or so around that time, I began to have women coming to me who were unable to get pregnant. And it's kind of like the universe just dropped them in my lap. So a few years before that, when I was going to conceive my second son, well, I wasn't supposed to be having a second son. And then he showed up um, in spirit to tell me that he was coming um, complete with his name and instructions. And after going through quite a few things, uh, he did. I ended up in Denver and it was kind of an interesting way that I got here. I had, as I said, I was in various healing arts. I was led to train in hypnotherapy and I went to a conference in uh, New Hampshire and I was living in Chicago. I met my husband there who was already established in hypnosis practice in Denver. So we ended up getting married. I moved out here and Denver happens to be a hub for infertility and a couple of the, I guess you could say that the most well-known or the biggest infertility clinics in the US at that time were right here in Denver. Mm. And so women began to, basically show up in my office. So I was in a general uh, private practice and then women started to show up. I feel like the universe kind of put them there, having trouble getting pregnant and asking me to help them with hypnosis. And I realized pretty quick 
extremely effective and no one was really doing hypnosis for fertility at that time. You know, there was hypnobirth and there were other, you know, specialties that hypnosis was well known for, but fertility wasn't one of them. And it just really mattered to me, which kind of kicks back to when I was a little kid and it was like, oh, wow, this can help. I can help. This really needs attention. And before I knew it, I had a specialty and I had created this, what I called hypnofertility and was helping women to conceive even when they'd been given a 0% chance. Wow. Um, yeah. We'd had like, you know, really devastating, um, you know, diagnoses or, you know, they'd just been told, give it up, go and adopt, or just come to terms with being childless. And working with me, these babies were showing up even when they were, you know, in air quotes, not supposed to be able to, you know what I mean? Wow. Yes. Yes. So it kind of led to what I'm doing now, which is working with spirit babies. And it's kind of hard sometimes for me to talk because there's so many different things coming into my head at once. And there's so many different branches of this, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'll say that I'm, you know, I often say that I'm, I'm being um, guided by, or maybe bossed around is better term by these spirit babies that I work with. So this has kind of evolved from using hypnosis to help people to get pregnant to also incorporating the spiritual aspect, the spirit babies. And then most recently over the last few years, a new, you could maybe call them a new generation or, you know, a new group of spirit babies that call themselves the pink starlights. And they're the subject of my latest book. Mm, I'm intrigued. So how does this come to you? Well, I've just kind of been going with the flow with all of this. I feel like the universe brings things to you, kind of plunks them down in front of you, and then you can say yes or not. And a lot of times if we don't say yes, the universe just drops it on us a little (laughs) bit more, (laughs) a little bit more. Obviously, I remember telling my son this one time that the universe was trying to get his attention. And if he didn't pay attention, it was going to drop a boulder on him. And he called me one day and he said, I totaled my car. Is that a boulder? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, like, yep, that's your boulder. Holy smokes, kid. You know, (laughs) (laughs) he was probably 18 or 19 at the time. And fortunately, he was fine. But he really did get that connection. He's like, oh, I see what you mean by a boulder. But yes, the universe does tend to speak maybe more loudly to us if we're not paying attention. But I really did get this with the fertility and I did say yes. And so it's evolved. I started teaching other therapists, hypnotists, how to do this work back in 2003. And then it's just continually evolved. Whereas around 2009, I started actually seeing the spirit babies. Wow. So I was always tuned into them. I was always aware of them. And when women first started coming to me, they'd say, you know, they told me I can't have a baby, but I just know there's a baby there. I just feel it. I just know it. I can just see it in my mind. And that's always accurate. And I always just went with, yeah, I believe you. And let's let's just proceed accordingly. And that's where all of these babies were showing up. And so more and more as this progressed, 
I was getting more and more in tune with the babies. And then they really, I'm, I don't consider myself a reader or maybe psychic in what I would consider a more, um, I don't know if traditional is a good word to use for psychic, but you know, what we expect the way psychics communicate with people. And for me, it, it's really a cognitive download that these babies give me. They just kind of show up in my head and I suddenly know things that just weren't there before. So that that's how I find this stuff out. Now, how did the, now explain what the pink starlight babies are? Because that's your newest. Right, right. Yes. Yes, right about 2016, um, I received basically a download for this new book, which is called Waiting in the Wings. And it was from these spirit babies that I'd been working with, although all of a sudden they decided that they had a name and I was supposed to start using it. And they called themselves the Pink Starlights. Prior to them giving me the name, they had taken me on basically a meditation journey to a pink star and all sorts of things were going on, you know, at that pink star. Everything is pink. Um, pink is the color of unconditional love. Stars are, you know, brilliance. They are bright light. And soon enough, it came to me that they were calling themselves the pink starlights because they were in harmony and expressing this unconditional love and very bright light. So spirit babies, of course, well, I believe are all spirit babies at some point, and there's various, you know, types, various kinds. We've heard of a lot of people have heard of indigos and that kind of thing. Um, these guys have their own unique purpose. It's, you know, a little bit different. They're really focused on their job is to come through and really help transform the planet, you know, um, lighten up the energy, elevate the energies of the vibration, and also to be the people. So I get this, I get this from them, we're going to be the people. And of course, everyone coming in, we are the people. But the way they mean it is, things are kind of crashing right now. That patriarchy, we hear a lot about that. And it's not the masculine feminine as much as, as it is that really out of balance energy that is is happening and it's really it's really crashing life as we've known it and really having a um, bad impact on the planet and all of us you know as its inhabitants yes so as far as the pink starlight goes light dispels darkness right it dispels fear it um dispels despair and so they are bringing in this brilliance and this illumination and this unconditional love and helping to enlighten basically us as humans. That's, that's their focus, the energy, the raising the vibrations um, and being the people. Wow. So for the audience, if someone has no idea or has never heard of an indigo baby, can you explain the difference between what you're talking about and the indigo? Yeah, and there's so much. Um, I know there's a lot of layers, but yeah, there is. There is. There's so so much about indigo, indigo kids and rainbow kids and um, the crystals, and then there's uh, you hear a lot nowadays about star seeds and that whole star seed 
category or cohort is just, you know, massive. So there's various levels under that. So the indigos were the ones that I heard of originally that I became aware of. They started from what I understand coming through around the 1960s. And eventually I found out that that's what I am apparently an indigo child, an indigo adult. And I guess the indigos came in initially to start breaking down all of this structure that we've had that has been um, detrimental to us, that has been oppressive, that has been abusive in a lot of ways, controlling all of this um, really off balance power. And the indigos came through to start rebelling against that and, and breaking that down. And that's really a difficult thing to do. You know, we had sort of our status quo and everybody liked it that way. And you can see it now because people are fighting like crazy to try to put it back that way. Right. And we liked it that way. We want it that way. Stop moving things around. So the indigo started, started, um, you know, kicking things up and then um, really paving the way for more of a psychic or intuitive energy to come through and not only come through, but to be more accepted. Mm. So, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, if you talked about a spirit baby, you, you know, people would look at you like you're absolutely crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, you'd be the we relative. That nobody, yes. Yes. We have not the relative that nobody talks about, you know, or locks us away at this point, you know, it's, it's much more acceptable, um, much more accepted. And even in like areas of academia, of science, of, you know, it's not just woo woo, if you want to call it that as, people would have classified it before. Mm -hmm. And so I found out, so the indigos tend to have a really, they have to be really tough because they have to break down things and be able to resist. Right. And uh, I definitely did that because I was born as this, this um, vegetarian person in the sixties and uh, in Canada, in the meat and potatoes part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not easy to be, a um, vegetarian and my life could have been a lot easier if I would have just ate the meat, but I couldn't, right. I couldn't, I just wouldn't, couldn't, um, unless I was forced to, but it was just part of me and it caused me a lot of issues. It definitely helped me not fit in. And at this point in time, so that's not likely to happen to someone. I mean, it can, it depends what they're going to be born into. So this awareness is what's really necessary for the pink starlights at this point. They don't have time. Their message is urgent. So they don't have time to come in and, and have to fight against, you know, the so-called norms or the status quo to establish what they need to accomplish, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you are working with women who have that 0% chance or if someone in the audience is going, yes, that's me. And I know I'm destined to have children and to be in that mother archetype. What advice do you give your clients? Really start channeling and being open to that minus what a doctor has told you that there is no shot and you should just adopt or because I've seen miracles like this happen several times as well. And it does happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and so much of that is is trusting yourself. 
And, you know, we're in a world, an information world for sure, but we're in a world where we ask for approval so much. And, you know, there's a Facebook group for everything. Everyone's in some kind of group or multiple groups and they're getting so much advice and it conflicts. And, you know, we have Dr. Google and we get on there. <laughs> yeah, right. And we find out everything and then that conflicts. And, you know, I say to people, you know, that everything that you find on the Internet is true. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Right. Everything. And <laughs> pretty much anything you want to find, you can find on there. So, you know, meditation of some sort, some kind of of quiet, some kind of going within, some kind of mindfulness every day, even if it's just for a minute or two, really helps to keep us in tune with that intuition. And that is, you know, having a baby, that's inherent. Mm -hmm. Women are here to have babies. And it's not to say we have to, and it's not to say that in a way that is, you know, that's, that's, you know, barefoot and pregnant type of thing. I don't mean that, but I, I do mean that we, that is a gift that we have. And if we want to have a baby and we can't, it's really, you know, really difficult. Yeah. So with, you know, I got to tell you this story because it cracks me up. And so with what you're saying, um, when my daughter was born, she had no idea that I had miscarriages before her. And she, from when she could talk, would tell me that she was a rainbow baby. And I was like, huh. And my son, my li- my youngest, when he was born and he could talk, he I'll never forget it. We were standing on the deck and we were looking at the moon and he goes, um, I, I'm from there. And we're like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm a moon baby. And then my daughter's like, I'm a rainbow baby. And they like started this thing. And so now he's three and he still calls himself a moon baby. And I love it. And I just, I don't question it. I just let it roll. But it's so interesting to me how these little spirits just are so know their purpose from such a young age and watching now my children grow. And I'm sure you watch this too, the evolution of like being nourished versus. It's crazy how the brain develops and how we mold into the society that we are really, you know, engraved into the belief system of. Oh, for sure. That's amazing that your kids brought that through. And and that's exactly what I mean. Whereas before the child would have been told, oh, no, that's ridiculous. And this is this, this is the way it is. And now it's like, oh, wow, we, we accept that we're open and interested in that. Like, what a difference. And not everyone is. And so these babies, especially the pink starlights, they need parents like you, parents like me, parents who are going to be open and receptive, who are, you know, spiritual, who are they don't have to be any particular form of spiritual, but open-minded and, you know, able to handle a child saying I'm from the moon without, you know, having a nervous breakdown. Right. Right. (laughs) That would, uh, and you know, when you get these, I have so many things coming in my brain right now. Um, I'm like, let me just form my sentence. When you get these spirit babies coming through to you, do they tell you, like, this is my mom, this is my, like, do you know when you're talking to a woman that's your client, like, this is going to happen for you? Well, what's kind of funny now and the way that this has evolved is I feel like the babies are my clients at this point. Okay. And so the people that I end up working with 
it just works out. So my schedule is pretty full. Um, I do take new people, but you know, between my schedule and other people, they have of course schedules. And I do this all all online at this point. I do distance. I have people, you know, all over the world. And I do have like I don't mind working at three o'clock in the morning if it's necessary for someone's time zone, but it's it's more of will this come together? And it's kind of how they find me. And they just know they just resonate with working with me if that's if that's you know their part of their purpose at this point. And I can only see so many people, of course. So the babies have guided me to do some, you know, I guess they call it self-paced learning these days, but some some group type um, workshops that people can use to connect in or to do this work and also to include some journeys right in their book so that people can, you know, use those to connect in with their babies. So that's how I find the pink starlights are mine in a sense. And it's not to say there's not any others out there, but it seems to me that's how they've been guiding me. And I got to know, because I just, I've written books and I know how, overall how crazy it is with the random downloads at two in the morning that come to you when you're writing a book and working on a project I could only imagine working with the amount of spirits that you're working with what was that like like how did you hone in that focus to put it in word form because spiritual form and this physical form of putting it actually in to making sense and resonating with people is just like I am just in awe by you that you are capable of doing that because I can only imagine how vast that was to try and wean into understandable form. Well, you're not kidding. You really, you really, you know, put that well. And I will tell you, it cost me a lot of migraines because, <laughs> you know, they built, they put so much information in at once, you know, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like bottlenecking in there and my poor head. And, and actually now with, when migraines show up, um, for me, it's it's some kind of cognitive download that's going on. So it's like I have to pay attention. And it happened in um, 2012 when I wrote um, the Three Keys to Conception. It happened again with this uh, with this book. But the funny thing is with these babies is I say that they're bossy, and they have come through to other people that I know that are you know maybe psychics or mediums or otherwise you know in tune with energy or with spirits. And I hear the same thing. These guys are bossy. Ah. <laughs> and I tell you, they are, they know what's what they know, what they need, how they want it, you know, all of this kind of thing. And so, yeah, all this information came and they, they gave me all of these chapter titles and then they changed some of them. And then they were pushing me. It has to be done now, has to be done now. Then they decided they needed to wait for a couple of my clients, babies to come through. So one of my clients is, her name is Paisley, um, the baby. She's Her picture's on the back of the book, and she's three and a half now. So I had a chapter called Paisley Christine, which was going to be her name long before she was conceived. Wow. And so I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this Paisley Christine chapter? Oh, here it is. We're <laughs> <laughs> is. just going to wait a little while, and then and then little Miss Paisley is going to show up. And, and the funny thing is now her, she's... Um, Paisley's just announcing she's going to be a big sister now. Oh my gosh. And her little, you know, Paisley and the other baby were flying around my office when I first met their mom. 
And it still, it took a while for them to show up because it's not about our timing. It's about really the mom having to make shifts or alignments or adjustments that will help align her vibration with this pink starlight energy. And that takes time. <laughs> and it does. And, and it's frustrating because, you know, when we want something, we want it now. Yesterday, right? Yesterday, absolutely. And so this patience lesson is there. I hate the patience lesson. Um, <laughs> and when we don't like it, that's when we tend to get it, right? Uh-huh. And this is so much, yep. Yeah, for these babies is so much an initiation is what I say for their, for their moms, because a lot of the women that are to be pink starlight parents um, go through a really difficult time. It'll be a long fertility journey. There'll be a lot of, you know, difficulties. It might be miscarriages or, um, you know, rounds and rounds and rounds of, of treatment that all fails uh, just all sorts of different things like that. And, it's part of aligning or being able to align and receive these babies and to be at a certain level for the babies to come in and, and get right to their purpose. You know, like they're ready to go. They want to get right to that. And so, like I say, different babies, different spirits, different parents, every baby is important. Every purpose on the planet is needed and important. My, my focus, I guess, is just with the pink starlights because that's what they've decided my focus is going to be. And I'm not arguing. Yeah, no, it sounds like you shouldn't argue. <laughs> I don't think you'd win that one. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> so I know a lot of women listening right now are struggling with these exact matters themselves. And I know you have the books out and you have uh, some live is it live or is it pre-recorded how how do your courses look uh, well right now I I have had some live uh, workshops running and right now they're pre-recorded at this point like okay. are they I guess they're not pre-recorded they're recorded from the live ones so they are available because I just can't run enough of them right often enough for people and um, like there's just so many hours in the day right and so this way people can, can take them uh, right away. And then when the next time I offer a live one, people that have done the um, recorded versions of them can join in. Oh, amazing. Okay. And then what is the best spot that people can reach out to you if they do resonate or they have questions? Because I could go on for five hours on this, but I do want to be respectful of time. Oh, I know. There's just so much. It's almost like we need a part two. There's just so much to this. It's hard to like just crack the like tip of the iceberg you know oh no you're absolutely right this is even when even when I I know I'm doing an interview and I know the question is going to be give me a bit of background I still can't really it's kind of like okay universe what's going to come through mm -hmm. me right so um probably the easiest way is the website which is um, www.hypnofertility.com and you know, there's lots of information there and you can go through and check out the workshops or the private train, um, not training. I do train other hypnotists as well, but the private session information and that, that kind of stuff. And the book, of course, is available on Amazon. And I just suggest people if they want to do those journeys that you can just record them for themselves and, and follow along. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for your time and sharing all that you do and 
just what you're, my gosh, what you're doing for the collective in general. Well, well, thank you so much for, for having me or having the pink starlights. They appreciate that. Yes. And goodness gracious, thank you for technical difficulties. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> we will be in touch so soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Sweetest Little Life today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, feeling a little bit more lighter, a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button. As always, please, sharing is caring. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to get feedback, um, guest recommendations, all the things. And if you're not subscribed, hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.